Amen. No way you could describe him. He's indescribable. When the prophet of God went beyond the curtain of time, he said there wasn't words in the human vocabulary that could describe that place there. One great big joy. I'll tell you what, if you ever get heaven down on the inside of you, filled with his Holy Spirit, you'll be able to say, nobody could ever describe to me how wonderful this is. The half has never been told. I love the songs we heard sung tonight. It's the season to be blessed. You're in the right season. Amen. Might, might have been a long drought. May have been a long winter time. I don't care how long you've been there. Let me tell you, you're right now in the season where God is pouring out His Spirit and He's finishing up redemption. And I'll tell you what, if I were you tonight, I would get a big cup and I'd say, God, fill me till it's overflowing. Because you promised in this time of restoration, the, the fats would be full of oil. Amen. The wheat would be in the garner and would overflow. And uh, the wine and the oil would be there. And my people will eat in plenty. I'll tell you, when God sets a table, there ain't no table like God sets. Hallelujah. And just think of it. He's setting a table right in the presence of our enemies. When hell is all around us, when Satan is trying to do his worst, God has set a table before us in the presence of our enemy. And we have a seven-course menu because all the seven seals have been revealed and the mysteries of God have been made known in this day. Amen. And you can eat at that table. Hallelujah. I'll tell you what, if you need healing, I'll pass you a little tonight. Amen. If you need salvation, amen, there's plenty of it. Amen. There's enough to go around. There's enough for every prodigal. There's enough for every lost one, every backslidden one. There's enough salvation, deliverance. Everything you would need or hope for. Because it's your season. Right now, you are in that season. Well, Brother Tim, not me. I've been going through this and that. Yeah, you might have. You might have been all out of tune, all out of step. But God's not going to leave you that way. You might have been backslidden for years and years. You may be cold. You, you may be a prodigal running from God, but God ain't going to leave you that way. We're not leaving a hook behind. We're going. Our children are going. Our loved ones are going. We're all going. Hallelujah. We're going to see every word of promise manifest. Tonight, I want you to welcome the word of God. I want you to welcome the Holy Spirit. I want you to give it a chance to work in your life, to speak to your heart, to give you an experience with him beyond what you've ever, ever known before, a depth that you have not experienced. He's here to do that. We have tonight our brother Wayne Lawson. He flew in today. I want to thank him for making a supreme effort to be here 
in this service tonight and in this meeting. I've known Brother Wayne since he was just a, a little boy where I was preaching up in Arkansas and preached to him, his parents, his church. Heard of his ministry through the years as God would raise him up and bring him up. And then, of course, a few years ago, now we got more and more acquainted together and I knew more about than just him. I knew his ministry. And so I'm in, I am invited him because I have confidence in the gift of God. That God will use that gift to come to your pew. To speak to you in a personal way. To reach you in a way that only the Holy Spirit can. Who can discern the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Because he still does that. He's the word. And he can go right there, discern the need in your life, speak to you in a very personal way. You may have come many miles, flown across the seas. You may not even know for sure why you're here. But God has orchestrated this moment. It is a divine, or divinely orchestrated moment where you and God are coming together. I want you to forget everybody else around you and what else is going on. I want you just to lock in with God and say, Lord, just speak to me. Make yourself real to me tonight. Manifest your glory in my life. I want the fire of God in my life. I want it to burn out all the dross, the unbelief, the darkness, the fear, the confusion. Cause me when I leave from here to be in love with Jesus Christ more than ever. I want you to stand together with me. Let's sing that song. He is here. Hallelujah. He is here. Amen. Can you say amen to that? He is here. You may wonder while you're in this building what that strange feeling is around you. make some people jump or shout or dance around a little bit it's because they're bumping into the angels there's another dimension that is drawing nigh and it's closer now than ever because we are here in the blending of dimensions we are here as mortals about to go back into immortality we're here in the very last of the last days and God has orchestrated this moment that you could tonight be in a heavenly atmosphere where angels have gathered and His Holy Spirit is prevalent and present. Invite Him to your heart tonight. Ask Him to come. Speak to me. Call my name. Reveal yourself to me personally. As Brother Wayne Lawson comes, may your heart be ministered to. He is here. Hallelujah. He is here. Amen. He is here. Holy, holy, 
I hear him call out your name. Identify you in the word. And you can touch him. Reach now, reach. God bless you. friends we want to just say god bless you and it's certainly good to have amen part of the church here from ohio with us and i was just looking back there and nathan and ronnie flew down with me this morning but i see some uh many others but nick's here and then i mean some of the saints have come along and i want to thank you for your support tonight i know it's going to be a great blessing uh it's it's a real honor to stand here again uh before you all and in this place it's uh, god has done so many wonderful and supernatural things amen that we're we've come to expect the holy spirit to just move in a special way and amen it's a great honor uh, uh last night brother kelly spoke i'm sorry i missed i got to catch part of it on the on the stream but it'll be our first meeting together amen and i uh, feel like it's a little bit of a special moment i met with brother kelly and uh, and to have an honor to speak along with brother ron spencer again and Amen. Uh, it's always a humbling, uh, just a humbling moment. Amen. Just a old boy from Arkansas, just a hillbilly grow up, and then the Lord pick you up and start using you, and, and then you get to stand along with with men of God. You know, I think Brother Ron might be the only celebrity we actually have in the message. <laughs> he comes up to our church at True Word. We have to put put police around him. You know, everybody come from every which way. I'm, I'm joking. Somebody will take that. And... Amen. Haters will still hate. Won't they? <laughs> Amen. But we certainly love you all, and it's a great honor, Brother Tim, Brother Timothy. Thank you all, and I do want to, I do want to take a moment to say thank you for the uh, support for our youth camp and and all of you bussing your all the way up there, and Brother Timothy and Andrew. Didn't they do a good job? My goodness. Amen. That was phenomenal. Amen. Amen. I was so blessed, you know. I get on that power side and amen. So it's really good. I, I seen Brother Jonathan sitting up here at front, her cousin Brother Jonathan Siler. God bless you and amen. And uh, it's such an honor to see him here in the meetings tonight. We uh, have a few things up on our heart and 
we would like to, if we could, just before we read the word, let's bow our hearts in a word of prayer. And let's just speak to him just a moment. And I, I don't want to get in tradition, but if it's all right with you, I'm going to ask you to help me pray tonight. And just reach over, maybe, and put your hand on someone there and pray with them. And maybe it's been a day or two since they've had somebody pray for them. And I just want you to think just for a moment and, and just put your heart for that person next to you tonight. Father, Lord, it's in your word that even in March 16, the Great Commission, that you said they would lay hand one on the other. And Father, as your great saints, Lord, the children of the living God, Lord, as they lay their hands one on the other tonight, Lord, we reach out into the supernatural. And we invite you to this platform, Lord, we ask you for your mercy, O God. Lord Jesus, before the people, before, Lord, the world, we acknowledge that we have nothing, Lord, that we can do or say. But, Lord Jesus, we ask you to come tonight and take this meeting, Lord, and use it for your glory, Father. As we humble our hearts before you, we ask you for the supernatural hand, Lord. That you would come in the midst of us, Lord, and that you would wipe away, Lord, the oppression of the Spirit. Lord, that you would speak to the need of the heart and the souls, Lord, that need a touch from you tonight. Lord, we're asking you as we lay hands one on the other, as we pray one for another. Lord, may it be like it was in the book of Acts. Lord, when you come down and, Lord, cloven tongues of fire set upon each of them. We invite you, Lord, in your full glory tonight. We don't just invite you here for theology or for doctrine, Lord. But we invite you for the supernatural promises to make supernatural manifestations among us, O oh God. We invite you, Lord, in all of your glory and all your power, Lord, to come among us tonight and to bless your children, Lord. Now, Father, we take these few moments in your word. We commit them into thy faithful hands. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. And amen and amen. God bless you tonight. If you have your Bibles, let's turn into the word of the Lord. I want to look at Revelations, the third chapter and the 21st verse, Revelation chapter 3 and verse 21. And we'll also look in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 18 to 22, Revelations 3 and 21. I know to you that study uh, the message, this is a very familiar scripture to you. Um, To him that overcometh. Now, Brother Branham said that's individuals. To him that overcometh. Will I grant to sit with me in my throne. Now, you watch that. In my throne. Not on my throne. Because in Revelation, the 20th chapter, there's thrones set up in the millennium. And you sit on a throne. But here in this scripture, you're sitting in a throne. And Brother Bram said it's your sharing dominion. Even as I also overcame and am set down with my father in his throne. Now let's read Ephesians chapter 1 verse 18 to 22. You're going to read a similar text, but it's going to read just a little different. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know. What is the hope of his calling and what is the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? So it's not just your inheritance. It's his inheritance. How many know the Lord's portion is his people? The Lord's portion is his people. 
and his what is the riches of glory of his inheritance in the saints and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe according to the working of this mighty power which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in heavenly places far above principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named not only in this world but also in that which is to come. And he hath put all things. Somebody say all things. He hath put all things under his feet. And gave him to be the head over all things to the church. We ask the Lord to bless his word as you could be seated tonight. I want to take for a text here. And I want to, I want to just speak to you a little bit tonight on overcoming at harvest time. Overcoming. At harvest time. You know, uh, I certainly believe we're at harvest time, don't you? Amen. I believe it's a time of overcoming. I want to read to you from Matthew, the 19th chapter, the 28th and the 30th verse. And Jesus said unto them, Verily I say unto you, that ye which have followed me in the regeneration, when the Son of Man shall sit in the throne of his glory, ye shall also sit upon twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. And every one that have forsaken houses or brethren or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands. For my name's sake shall receive a hundredfold and shall inherit everlasting life. Isn't that amazing? Amen. For everyone that have forsaken. Now, just uh, I just had just spoke to our church a little bit there at home on Sunday and read this specific, specific scripture to them. Uh, it was it was odd because after uh, the first weekend of October uh, was marking ten years of me being in Bluffton, Ohio, with Brother Erickson and the True Word Tabernacle there. Uh, at, uh, and I remember it was the first weekend of October of 2013. Brother Ron Spencer was there holding meetings for the first weekend that we were there. You remember that. It was been a long time. He asked me if I had my passport because I was coming up from Arkansas to Ohio. And, uh, amen. And uh, I kind of laughed. I thought, well, it is a different country. That's for sure. And, uh, but, uh, but it's been 10 years ago. And then of course this, in this January, some of you know, maybe some of you don't know, but in January, um, brother Erickson and I had made some decisions to go ahead and, uh, and move forward with uh, a transitioning to pastorship. And I was voted in to be the pastor there at true word in the middle of January of this year. And uh, I, I do want to say that it is a great honor, amen, to uh, to be received in such a level and for Brother Erickson to, amen, to, to respectfully begin to pass the baton, amen. I know that uh, in the message sometimes it seems like that some of the elder brothers, uh, they, they just don't never give up, you know, as far as, as pastoring. And they, and they just hold it and 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 hold it. And, uh, but Brother Erickson, uh, being a gentleman and looking at the church and saying, Brother Wayne, I, we're going to go further, so we want you to step up at this time. And, and I tell you, my hats are off and my respect to our Brother Erickson. And he's going to remain there with us, of course, as a, as a senior pastor. And he's a founder, so he'll be with us as long as he can, he can stay with us. We, we trust that God will give us many years together and the strength of him. And we appreciate it. I'll tell you, uh, and, and what made this amazing to me is because when I read this scripture, uh, this is the scripture that Brother Erickson read over me 10 years ago when I moved to Ohio. And, um, 
he read that. And he said, Brother Wayne, he said, I believe God gave me this scripture to read to you. Because if, uh, if anyone ever left all they knew, I certainly did that. When I moved from Arkansas to Ohio, away from my family and my home and everything that I knew. But God said he would restore. When I went there, my kids were just young. And, and they, were, they were just young children. They were uh, from 10-year-old to 16. And it was scary, uh, you know, of what, how's my kids going to react and how they're going to do and how they're going to root down. And, and you know, and those things uh, happen. And then, but 10 years ago, this happened. And then this last weekend marked 10 years. And I was sitting there preaching to the church. And, and the Lord has moved me up into the, into the realm of leadership. And I was sitting there looking over the congregation. And there sat my son, Zachariah. Who met a beautiful girl, a good Christian message girl, Anna, and the Lord, you all know the vision the Lord gave Brother Ron, and, and the Lord blessed us with that first grandbaby, and Evie, and then along June, I actually had two more grandsons, Bethany had a, a son, and then uh, Anna and Zach had the second son, and then I looked over there, and there's Isaac and Bethany, and then Mariah and Brian were sitting there, and the Lord gave me uh, just recently, uh, I don't know, probably everybody knows this, but just recently the Lord has called Brian into the ministry, and so the Lord has given me two son-in-laws called into the ministry, He's given me Zachariah in love with the Lord and serving the Lord and moving in his mercy. And, you know, and when you stand back and you look at 10 years and you see that when you walked away from everything you knew, but then to see the hand of God come upon it and reward it and bless it. And, you know, uh, when, when things now I'm, 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 I'm speaking to you because there's sometimes in your life when you go to looking at things and you think, how is this going to work out and how is this going to be? But listen, if you're seeking the kingdom of God beyond everything else, any man or woman that leaves their houses and their families and their, and their lives and they give everything to Jesus Christ, he said, I'd pay you back a hundredfold. And I'm here today as a witness to you that no man has given anything to God that God does not repay him a hundredfold. God will not be in debt to no man. God will not be in debt to any woman. You're never going to outgive God. Amen. And when you give to God, he gives back to you. And you know, uh, God uh, God sometimes he, he brings men in your life at a certain season and I, I don't know, maybe I was nearly uh, 40 years old before Brother brother Tim and I become good friends and, and from that time God gave me, amen, great men around us and friendships and Brother Ron and I I become friends and the Lord has used these men greatly in my life. And I, and I stand here tonight to say this because, amen, listen, God, God causes changes to come in your life. He causes situations and, and things happen and transitions take place and you wonder, will I survive this? Will this, will this be the thing that just finishes you or takes, takes you out where you're no longer effective? Or, you know, the enemy has a way that he works with people and their minds. And when you come through transitions of your life, and, and, and I'll say this to you, hey man, listen, above all, what you're going to have to learn is you don't quit. Is you don't give up. You don't, you don't get to a place in your life where you say, amen, that, that I can't go any further or this ain't going to be able to take because I, I, I'm going to tell you if you, if you will overcome, you're going to make it, but you're going to be repaid a hundredfold. Amen. And can I, can I say something to you real? Amen. A, a, a year is longer than a 10 minute conversation that you have, or it's longer than a bad week, or it's better, longer than a, a bad month. And 10 years is longer than a bad year. 
here. Amen. But sometimes you've got to realize that it takes overcoming. Amen. We can turn around and look in 10 years and I can see all that God has did. Amen. But there were days in those 10 years when I thought I, I wasn't going to make it till tomorrow. It ain't going to make it till the next week. But you know, the promise is if a man will overcome. Amen. And, and I say tonight, sometimes what you really got to overcome is yourself. You got to overcome your own feelings and your own offenses and your own ideas and your own desires to quit. I don't know who you are or where you're from, but I guarantee you, every one of you's had a moment in your life in the last year where you've said, I ain't going to be able to make it past this moment or I ain't going to be able to make it past this day. Amen. But if you overcome, there is a tomorrow and there's a next day and there's a next day. And if you give it to God, amen, God can take your hours and your days and your weeks and you'll turn around and look behind you and say, look at the blessings of what God has done for me. Look at the blessings. Listen, I don't know if anybody's sitting in here tonight if you're drawing breath in your lungs that shouldn't be able to worship God tonight and say, thank you, Lord. Thank you for the blessings. Thank you for the Holy Ghost. Thank you for the power of God. Thank you for what you've done. Thank you for the healings, Lord. Thank you for the years. Thank you for the blessings. Thank you for the miracles, Lord. And you know what? Sometimes we get so caught up in all the problems, we forget what God is doing for us. And if we would just begin to praise God, everything else would begin to fade away and we would begin to rise up in another place in our lives. There is no replace for thankfulness. There is no replace for gratitude. There's no replacement for it tonight. When you begin to thank God from a heart and you begin to worship Him, it changes a little bit of everything to you. Now, the prophet of God tells us this. He said to overcome, he said, is to recognize the devil in every one of his tricks. A lot of people say there is no devil. It's just a thought. And don't, don't, don't you believe that? There's a real devil, and he's just as real as you are or anybody. There's a real devil, and you must recognize him real, and you must know he's a devil. And at the same time, you've got to recognize him and know he's a devil and he's against you. Then to overcome, you've got to recognize that God is in you and is greater and mightier than he is. And the one that's in you has already overcome. And by his grace, you are more than a match for him. That's real overcoming is recognizing. Is recognizing that urge to quit is the devil is recognizing that desire to give up is the devil. To recognize that spirit that speaks to you and says you're not enough. You can't make it. You can't do it. You ain't going to get over it. That's the devil trying to hold you from the blessings that God has gave you. And I just sometimes want to stop and think about this. If the devil is working this hard to stop you, then what must God have ahead of you that Satan is afraid of? I tell you what, you are Satan's worst nightmare. The worst nightmare that Satan has is a child of God that won't give up, that won't turn around, that won't get discouraged, that won't get offended. Come on, church. Amen. Amen. I've got some elder Christians in here tonight that's got their families. They've got their grandkids. They've got their kids' kids. Amen. And you know why they got that? It's because they never got offended and they never quit and they never gave up and they believed God. Amen. And if God did it for them, I believe he'll do it for you. I believe God can do things for people if they'll just hold on to God mm, yes sir I believe it I believe we got to overcome ourselves <laughs> I believe sometimes we got to overcome ourselves 
You don't hear where we are in the age we're living in. The prophet of God tells us that we're like it was on Mount Transfigurations. He says that when Jesus was standing there, he said that's when the prophets and everything else was finished there on that mountain. That's where the law of Moses and the prophet Elijah came and the law and prophets begin to come to an end. Now, a lot of people take that and they go into error with it. But, but the Bible tells us that after John, the law and the prophets ended. But look at the next verse. It said, but after that, the kingdom of God. But after that, the kingdom of God. What is that speaking of? Brother Branham says in Hebrews chapter 1, in the last days he'll speak through his son. Brother Branham said that's prophecy that God would possess his own church. That it wouldn't be a prophet, it would be Jesus Christ, the prophet of prophets. That would come down and to live in the church. That's why the, the testimony of the bride is the spirit of prophecy in the last days. Because Jesus himself is living in bride form. Do you see this is the hour when the scripture says, hear ye him. Now, if he said, hear ye him, in the Bible, that was a prophecy he would speak in the last days. Now, today, if God's going to speak, he's got to have a voice. Amen. And the prophet identified the voice. And he said, it's not the church. He said, the bride is the final voice of the final hour. What is she? She's the speaking blood. Is that right? Then when your life is being lived, amen, it's a living voice. And if that voice is the voice of the blood of Christ, it is deity that's speaking out of you. Amen. It's not just your heritage. It's not just your genealogy. It is deity that is living in you. And this is to happen in my Bible. It says in the days when the Son of Man is being revealed. I believe we're standing here tonight in the history of the opening of the seven seals. We're not waiting for a prophet tonight to come and open the seals. We're not waiting for a prophet to return and set up a tent and have a tent revival and restore the church. Amen. The church has the message of restoration. We have the harvest. We have the word. We have the mind of Christ in this age. Amen. It's written in the Bible in Joel chapter 2. I will restore to you the years that the locusts have eaten and the canker worm and the caterpillar and the palmer worm. My great army which I sent among you. And you shall eat plenty and be satisfied. Praise the name of the Lord your God. He had dealt wondrously with you. And my people shall never be ashamed. You see what he's predicting is a harvest in the time of restoration. He's talking about the, the wheat of the word that would return to the church. That we wouldn't be living in a husk age or a stock age or a, a tassel age. It would be when the wheat returns to wheat. It would be when the original gospel is being preached again in its power. Well, that's exactly when the devil comes like a flood. That's exactly when Satan runs in like he's never ran in before. That was in the harvest when Shamgar had to protect his family and his harvest with an ox nod. But the man said he was only a farmer. He wasn't a military man, but he was going to keep his harvest. And I believe the church of the living God has been given a message in this hour. And if you're going to keep the harvest of this word, you're going to have to fight with whatever you can get your hands on. I believe my Bible said that everything would be restored to this church. 
We will be restored back to the original book of Acts. We will be restored back to the original Pentecost. But see, not just the original Pentecost, but the original Pentecost. And it would take us all the way back to what the Garden of Eden possessed for the church. We would restore our right to the tree of life. It would restore our inheritance with God. It would restore our sonship back as if we had never failed in the beginning. Amen. We're talking about a people that is going all the way back in the mind of God. Now listen folks, the mind of God has been delivered to us in this age by a prophet of God. Amen. It's what was being opened under the seven seals. It was not the flesh mind of a man. It was the mind of God that was coming to the church. Then what we have to see tonight is that the message has been delivered. The Spirit of God has already been given to the church. Restoration and harvest has already been restored to the church. You say, preacher, what do we need tonight? Paul said, we need our eyes opened. We need eyes salve that we might be able to see. You know, sometimes it's just our seeing that needs changed. You know Luke 24, Jesus walked with two on the road to Emmaus. When he went down to the evening time and he went into the inn with them. Isn't it amazing? He had already been resurrected. He had already been to the Father and paid the debt. He all sin debt had already been paid. He was already in an immortal body. He was already walking with them. But they didn't know who that was among them. But when their eyes were opened, amen, they saw what had already been done. Listen tonight, folks. Amen. The Son of Man has already been revealed among us. Amen. The Word has been opened up. Restoration has come to the church. Adoption has been poured out upon the church of the living God. And if our eyes could come open tonight, every which direction you could see, you would realize it belongs to you. It belongs to you. If you can get out of the husk tonight, you can see it's your promise. It's your promise. It's your promise. It's your promise. Amen. I'm in the Bible. When Abraham come out into his land and he had his father and he had his uncle with him. Remember when he met Melchizedek was right after he departed from them. And Melchizedek says to him, lift up your eyes. Lift up your eyes. Now that you have separated and you can believe everything I said. Lift up your eyes and look to the north. And look to the east and look to the south and look to the west. And it all belongs to you. Listen, every promise in this book belongs to you. If you get out from under denominational and traditional ideas, every promise in this book belongs to the church of the living God. And if we got to fight with an oxnod, brother, pick up the oxnod. If we got to fight with a word, pick up the word because it belongs to us. For our children, for our children's children, for our churches, for our people. Oh, we must hold on to this word of life that's been sent into this age. In Ephesians chapter 1, it said, if our eyes were opened up, that we could share the throne with him. Then we would see, as I have overcame and sat down on my father's throne... So will you share in my throne if you overcome. Now overcoming means to stand the test. Isn't that powerful? I was sitting in the hospital the other day and my, my dad had just had a, a mild stroke and we were sitting there with him for maybe a couple of weeks in the hospital and I was just sitting there one day and I was just in my own world thinking about the scripture and, and the Spirit of the Lord spoke to me and he said, and the tempter came. 
And that, just that little phrase caught me. And the tempter came. I said, where is that at in the scripture? And I ran over and started looking. Y'all know where that's at in the scripture? It's when Jesus receives the Holy Ghost. And when he goes into the wilderness, the Bible said, and the tempter came. Do you know, do you know that's when the tempter comes? Now, now it's amazing. Is God, our Lord Jesus was God. He was God in heaven who had a glory before the world began. And he took on a human robe. And he left all of his glory in heaven. And he took on a humble human robe and came down to the earth. And he weakened himself to humanity. The Bible said, come lower than the angels. And took upon him the seed of Abraham. That he might be tempted, tested in every manner likened unto us. Is that right? So he wasn't tested as deity. He was tested as a man. But then he starved that body. Until that body got so weak in the 40 days of hunger. And that's when the tempter came. When he was in the weakest, weakest moment. Now, you all, you all could study the famines of the world. You can study the history of the world and know that hunger is one of the greatest pulls on a human being. That people will do more for food than they will for anything else. In the Bible, it's recorded women ate one another's babies. That when they got hungry enough, they fed their children to one another. Come on now. We're talking about serious hunger. We're talking about people that had wrecks with their friends in the airplanes. Amen. And ate one another because they got so hungry, they turned into cannibals. Because the human pull for hunger gets beyond what a man could possibly withstand when he gets into that place. And the Bible said, and when the tempter came, he said to him, cast these down and make these stones into bread. And tempted him on the word of God. Remember what Jesus did. He said, but it's written. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Remember, then the devil come at him another way and tempted him to show off with his gift. And then the devil tempted him another way and said, I'll give you the kingdoms of this world. Amen. And you won't have to do anything for it. You don't have to be crucified for it. You don't have to be rejected for it. You don't have to be thrown down for it. If you'll just kneel down to me, I'll give you the kingdoms of the world. Isn't that amazing that the tempter offered a man? Brother Ben said it wasn't the kingdom in that day. It was the kingdom in this day. It was the kingdom in all of its glory. When Satan had his Eden to the top in his climax. That's what he showed Jesus. But Jesus refused that in the great temptation. And he overcame. And the Bible is telling us that you can overcome also. Look at what it was when Brother Branham was losing his wife and his daughter. He said that's when the tempter came. Remember what he done? He got him in that weak moment. And as the tempter came to him, he began to say, Brother Branham said at one place, he said, God wouldn't talk to me. But Jackie said, God wouldn't talk to me. He said, that's when the devil did. He said, when God wouldn't answer my prayer, that's when the devil come to me. And he said, look, all you've ever done is pray for God's children. Preach the gospel. Give your life. He said, and when you need him. And Brother Ram said, I said, I come into my mind to say, that's right. He said, I was about to say, well, if he can't help me, then I can. And he said, listen, now all human reason to serve God was gone from me. All the human reason that I man would serve God was gone. He said, but see, down in my soul was a birth. 
And he said, out of that birth come the words. Amen. The Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. He said, and the pressure left me. Hallelujah. The pressure left me. When the word answered the test, the pressure left me. And it put Brother Branham in a place. It put him in a position. He put him in an authority that even in his passion years later, a cross-eyed child would walk on the platform and he could look at him and make their eyes straighten up because he was sharing a dominion because that he had overcome. By the word, do you recognize tonight, amen, that, you're, that you've got things you've got to overcome? Come on, church. The devil's not coming at you when you're on your high pot. He's not coming when you're on the top of the mountain. But Satan waits till you get real low. He waits till the sick die. He waits till the trouble comes. He waits till the failures happen in the family. He waits till a little mix-up gets in the church. And then he comes. And then he attacks you. But I say to him that overcometh, to him that will stand with the word in the middle of the trial, in the middle of the problem, I say the Bible is telling us they will rule with him. They will share in a dominion over Satan because they're able to hold on to that word. Listen, this bride has the mind of Christ. And the prophet said nothing would persuade them different. I love that, don't you? Nothing would persuade them different. They have the mind of Christ. Now what they've done is they've traded the finite for the infinite. They think about trials differently than humans do. Humans think about a trial. What would you do wrong? Humans think about a trial. God must be punishing you for something. But the infinite mind comes upon the finite and says God has a plan in this. All things work together for the good of them that love God and are called according to his purpose. God will get glory out of this. Amen. The Bible said if God be for you, who can be against you? Listen, the devil's got to come. That's his job. But it's our job to cast him out, to turn him around, to take this word of life and hold our harvest. Now, you'll trade the finite for the infinite. I don't have time to preach on that, but I'll say this. Hey, man, that's exactly what Rebecca did when she veiled herself in the field to meet Isaac. Brother Bram said when she put that veil, he said she didn't want any of her thoughts when she approached her husband. He said from that time on, Isaac was her thinking. And here this bride has met this word. And we veiled ourselves from our own thinking, from our own decisions, from our own... Per- come on, some of you left houses and homes. Some of you, amen, come out of every which situation. And you gave up and forsook everything. And maybe you're standing there in the middle of a trial saying, God, I've gave up everything and look where I'm at tonight. Let me assure you, friend, God has not forgotten your labor of love. Amen. The Bible said any man that would give up I will restore to him a hundredfold. Yes, sir, I say he's here tonight. I say the creator's here tonight. And if you can hold into the revelation of the word, there's a power to push the enemy back to bring the life, amen, to restore that back to you. Now, what will revelation do for you? Revelation will trade the finite for the infinite. In other words, to transfer the mind of God to the human... It takes revelation. Now, if you want to transfer uh, 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 book knowledge to you, you read a book. But if you want to transfer dynamic power, you get revelation. 
Revelation is not an intellectual affair. Revelation is a spiritual affair. It has to spiritually transform you by a transferring power of the Spirit of God quickens His Word and makes it live inside you. It brings you dynamic power. Not just knowledge, but dynamic power. Now, do you see even the rapture is a revelation? Even the rapture is a revelation. Now, you can't have revelation without it being faith. And faith is a revelation. Faith is a revelation. How many, now, the prophet will tell us this, and anointed one's the end time. He'll say, now watch, that first pull is a healing. That second pull is a prophecy. But that third pull is the opening of the word. It's the mystery revealed, and there's no more higher order to reveal the word than a prophet. And the only way a prophet can be vindicated is by that word. And remember the third pull was the opening of them seven seals to reveal the hidden truth that's been sealed in that word. See, the mind of Christ was sealed away from the church. But when that message was opened up, it opened the mind to the church. Now, it's not a pulpit affair. This is not a pulpit affair. This is not just an anointed man and a bunch of people trying to absorb some intellectual speech. But this is a relationship affair where the church has been taken back into the back part of God's mind, hid away from the world, transferred into the presence of God by the power of the revelation. And in there is where every believer, whether she's a, whether she's a widow woman or whether she's a washwoman, whether she's a simple or, amen, whether he's a great man, it's not a pulpit anointing. It's a bride anointing. Amen. It's to a place where if you can, every person could catch the revelation. Every man that cometh unto God could receive the revelation of this age. And you don't have to be a preacher or a special person. You've got to be a believer. You've got to be an overcomer. If you can overcome, when I share with you the revelation that brings you into power. Now listen, I, I believe tonight that God has a way of inducting the church into power it's revelation. The importance of revelation by the spirit to a true believer can never be overemphasized. Come on, y'all know these quotes. And now, you got to be real careful because these are not intellectuals. You got to be real careful because the letter kills. The spirit gives life. The importance of the revelation is the true believer can never be overemphasized. Revelation means more than perhaps you can understand. Because what happens is revelation is what contacts the soul. Now you've got you to see something powerful. Is that you are a triune being. You've got a body, you've got a spirit, you've got a soul. Do you know that your body could be eat up with cancer and your soul a Christian? Do you know that you can have your spirit afflicted with oppressions and nervousness and all kinds of anxieties and you're 100% a Christian? Because inside the soul is whether a man is saved or a man is unsaved. And this outward body can take attacks from every which direction. It can take attacks in the human body. It can take attacks in the spirit body. But see, there's a soul of a man. If that soul ever comes in contact with God, that is a gene that comes from before the foundation of the world. That gene seed of God cannot be changed. 
Can I say it to you like this? The devil can't change what God done in eternity. I don't care how sick the body gets. I don't care how nervous the spirit gets. There's a soul on the inside of a believer that the devil can't touch that because it belongs to God. I'll say this to you. You can take a drop of water and drop it into a top, drop it into a, a, little, a little cup of wine. And you ever get that water out of that wine, you'll never do it. Because it becomes one with it. And when the spiritual revelation is given to a believer, no amount of tribulation will get that revelation out of them. You can beat them, you can destroy them, you can, you can hammer on them, but there's something in them. Come on, church. I know what I'm talking about. I'm sitting looking at Brother Jackie tonight here with his walker. Amen. But I tell you what, the body's taking a beating. Amen. But the soul on the inside of that man says, I have overcome. Still holding the battle. Still believing the word. Why? Because there's an overcomer in there. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't, I don't, I'm, God bless you all. I don't mean to make an example of him. I bet he gets, probably gets tired of it. But brother, amen, brother Ron's probably the best example I could give you in this building tonight. I know, I know. The devil says, well, this is going to happen, this is going to happen, but the devil's a liar, right? Amen. But somebody's got to hold and overcome it no matter what their body's going through. The word is still the word. You, you say, well, it's easy for Brother Ron that's in his physical. What about you that's holding that, ner- that nervousness or that anxiety? And you're walking around thinking, well, I've sinned or I've done this or I've done that. It's no different than some kind of sickness on your body. And the devil's trying to do all he can do to tell you he has a right to be there. But that's a lie. He has no right to be there. And as a son of God, I've got a right to charge him tonight by the power of God and say, Satan, I rebuke you. You're trespassing on God's property. You have no right to be there. You have no hold to be there. Amen. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you this. If he wants to hook up to this spirit, I tell him he better hold on, brother, because he's supposed to get a ride of his life. If this is going to be a tongue-talking, Holy Ghost-filled, shouting believer, if he's going to hold on to my spirit, he's going to have to hear the praises and the testimonies. I'll tell you what, I think sometimes we are to pull the devil up a chair. If you want to come to church, we'll come to church. But you're going to come to watch me rejoice. Well, hallelujah. Somebody say hallelujah. know the gates of hell will never prevail against this the gates of hell will never prevail against spiritual revelation never do it the gates of hell will never against the revelation the gates of hell will never prevail that means they'll be after it but it will never prevail over it it is revelation of God that gives you authority over the devil Direct quote. It is a revelation that will give you authority over the devil. And the devil's been telling you he has authority over you. But if you let the infinite transfer to the finite, you would find out in the mind of God, you've already been glorified. 
And Romans 8 chapter says, many as he's called, he's justified. And as many as he's justified, he's already glorified. And if you can overcome and get your eyes open, you would find out that you are belonging to God and have authority over this devil. It'll take the opening of them seals to do it. And thank God they're open. Revelation 1 and 6, you can see it change in Scripture. I love how Scriptures are just written so beautiful. In Revelation 1 and 6, he said he's made us kings and priests. Y'all know what that means. The highest of the civil and the highest of the religious. Kings and priests. Unto our God to be him be glory and dominion forever. Now watch what. We're kings and priests, but to him be dominion and glory. Before the seals. When the seals open in Revelation chapter 5 and the 10th verse, John changes his language. And he said, he has made us unto our God kings and priests, and we shall reign on the earth. Look, it went from Jesus having dominion to we're going to have dominion. What happened? The man saw his name in that book. He understood that the blood had spoke for him and every sin and every disbelief and every trial had been put under the blood. And he knew if you could just get rid of the sin, that man was made to be over the angels. (laughs) We're going to be kings with him. We sit on the earth and throne. But right now we are spiritual kings. I know you know this scripture. It's beautiful. Romans 5 and 17 tells us this, that we would reign in this life. In Colossians 1 and 13, it tells us that we have been delivered from the power of darkness and translated into the kingdom reign of his dear son. Isn't that amazing? Translated into a realm of where you have power. Out of darkness into light. Now right now we reign with Christ having dominion over, y'all know the quote, sin, right? The world the flesh, and the devil. Isn't that powerful? Right now, you're already ruling these things. Showing forth the praise and the glory, showing himself for it is Christ in us, willing and doing good pleasure. Yes, indeed, even now, we are seated in heavenly places in Christ. Right now, seated in heavenly places. Now, not tomorrow. Not when you feel better. Right now. Isn't it amazing to realize right now that you've been seated? Can, can, I, can I tell you this? I'll tell you how Brother Bram said it. We're in the wheelbarrow. In other words, it's easy for us to sit and say Jesus is seated in power. Brother Branham seated in power. But Brother Branham explains it and humble thyself in a very beautiful way. What he says is, he says, look, he said, now the other day he said a man come and his pastor was telling him a story. And he said, he said, I can take this wheelbarrow and I can push it across this gap on this log. And he said, the man said to the pastor, he said, I believe you can. He said, the man come back and I'll shorten the story. Man come back and he said, I believe I can push this wheelbarrow across here with you in it. (laughs) Took a different faith, didn't it? It's one thing to see a prophet doing something, pushing a wheelbarrow but with you in it. Now it's a different kind of faith because what you're seeing then is you're a part of the administration of what is happening in this age. He put you in the wheelbarrow. Now, can can I just say it? Hey man, uh, since we're we're just old hillbilly folk, we'll say it. I got a wheelbarrow and a PhD. Post-hole diggers. Man, I get deep with those things too. 
Anybody got a PhD in here? You see, amen. If, if you see it, if you understand it, you're in the wheelbarrow with him. Don't get out of the wheelbarrow. Don't disposition yourself because the pressure the enemy's going to put on you. The devil's going to do everything he can do to get you out of that wheelbarrow. He's going to make fun of you. He's going to tease you, put pressure on you. He'll say, well, you're a failure. You're trying to make something of yourself. You're trying to be. Amen. But you know, sometimes false humility is the worst problem we have. Yeah, we might as well go ahead and preach since we come all the way down here. Well, I can't sing. Now, if you can't sing, where's that put me? Well, I tell you, I can't preach. Well, if you can't preach, sit down. But if God calls you, take the position and tell the devil to get out of the way. I might not be the best preacher, but God called me. He called me. And brother, if God called me, he'll back me up. And I don't need a bunch of good words. I need the power of God to drop into the church and anoint the hearts of the believers. That's what we need is men of God that know God called them. Men of God that are sure of where they're standing and why they're standing there. I'm not here because a man put me here. I'm here because God put me here. And if God give you the seat, it's your seat. Come on, church. It's the truth. Now, we're in the wheelbarrow, I believe. Right now, we are sons of God. You know I'm in the scripture. First John chapter 3, we are right now sons. <laughs> and Brother Bam says, see, he says, but if, he says, listen now. He said, if you can ever get the scare out of the church and let them realize who they are, what they are positionally, healing will be the simplest message to be preached. Or anything else. But you're scared. You're afraid. You don't realize that you're sons and daughters of God. And now, not you will be. You are right now sons and daughters of God. Not off in the future somewhere. Right now. You said, but Brother Wayne, this issue and this issue. But the tempter came to him. And his first words, if thou be the son of God. He never said there wasn't a son of God. He never scripturally said there wasn't coming a son of God. He just said, if thou be, he put a question mark over if you're the one. And that's the thing. The devil's too smart to say there's not a reality. He's too smart to say there's not a real church or there's a real bride or there's a real rapture. He just says, if thou be. Well, let me tell you this. Amen. It's not because I made myself. Amen. But a prophet came in this age and he identified this bride not as a church as the bride that was in the mind of Christ before the foundation of the world and tonight we are seated in heavenly places by the message of the hour I know what it's like people say well brother Wayne someday there's a great revival coming and I really like how they do it and they all look back to that great revival that was well I'm sorry but I'm interested in the one that's now I'm interested in what is tonight. I'm not even talking about what was last night and what's tomorrow night. I'm talking about right tonight. This may be your last service. This may be your last hour. And you're putting it off over there or putting it off over there. Amen. But God is 
here. The devil is here. You are here. Where are you going to stand? Are you going to let the devil just keep backing you in the corner telling you, put it off to tomorrow. Put it off to tomorrow. Well, listen, devil, I ain't putting it off for another hour to another day. Right now, right now, right now, we are sons and daughters of God, and Satan is under our feet by the power. Hallelujah. God is real. He's not a tomorrow God. He's not a yesterday God. He's the I am that I am. And I am come down that my people. Right now, this very minute. What the prophet said. Amen. He said right now. I like that. Present tense. Right now. Right now, do you know, you know the prophet teaches us things of how to perform miracles? Do you know there's people who don't even believe in miracles? Days of miracles is past. Isn't that amazing that we've come so far we've went back to Church of Christ teaching? I'm not, I'm not just going to have to be straight with you. I know what I'm talking about. I've been the guy that preached on miracles and other people come and say, well, that stuff was proved in Brother Branham. We don't need it proved anymore. We just believe the word. Funny thing is, there was a Church of Christ preacher told me the same thing about Paul. Paul proved it. Now we got the word. That's all we have to do is believe. Well, I don't want any word that don't work today. If that word ain't as good today as it was yesterday, what good is it doing our children? When our children are laying with addictions and troubles and problems, we need a God that can come on the scene. We need a God that can walk in a building and change lives and hearts and move people together. That's the kind of God we need. We don't need a God that'll show up next week or next month or next year. We need preachers and teachers that could call it present tense. And you're never going to do it from the human element because your human element was going to fail you. But Brother Branham taught us how to perform a miracle. He literally taught us how. He said, how do we perform miracles? Brother Branham said, this is how they're performed. He said, you believe God's word. He says, take God and his word and begin to believe it. That's the only way to please him. Take his word. That's the way miracles are performed. When God took his word, the impossibilities are made real. When God has took it his word and not questioned, get it out of your mind. This day, this scripture is fulfilled. That's the only thing in your mind. Refuse to see anything that disagrees with that word. Come on, church. We've got living proof here tonight. Amen. That God is able to defy the human body, the doctors, the ideals of man. And miracles are still taking place. In the church of the living God. The way miracles are performed is when God has took it his word. Now to overcome and to stay with that word in the middle of the test is what sets you in power. It's what sets you in power. Now I'm going to visit a scripture that you have heard preached. Many of you probably many times. I want want to just put it back in your mind a minute. Y'all remember in Matthew 20. Now the sons of thunder, their mother came to Jesus, amen, and said, now, can my son sit at your right hand and your left hand? And his answer was marvelous. He said, they can be baptized with my baptism. And they can drink of the cup that I drink of. But to sit at my right and left hand, I cannot give them. 
Because the position is not in existence at this time. He said it has been predestinated for a group that will be coming. Now I'll tell you what Brother Branham says. The position was not in existence at that time. It will be granted to them who is it meant for. One to set it one left and one at right. It will be given after the trial comes. You say, what are you talking about? What's the seventh age of Laodicea is the great trial of the church. It's the great testing of the church. It's the time when the Antichrist in Matthew 24 becomes so close at deceiving and so close it would deceive in every point except the word. But at that moment is when the bride overcomes and the overcomer of Revelations 3 is the man and woman of Matthew 20. It's after the test comes. That's when they'll be seated. Then this seating is something that is meant for the end time. In Ephesians chapter 1, the Bible says that with all spiritual blessings, we are put in heavenly places. Brother Bram said positions. 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 In Ephesians chapter 2, we have been raised up together to sit in heavenly places in Christ. Isn't that something? He's lifted you up and set you in a position above your enemy. Brother Branham says you have been raised up, risen with him, manifested attributes of God, setting in the heavenly places, already raised, resurrected to new life, setting in the heavenly places in Christ. That means so much nowadays, church. It means so much to see ourselves positionally placed in Christ. <laughs> now what's he saying? We are already seated with him. Now, can I just cut to the chase and say something to you real straight? Jesus said, don't you know it's written in the scripture that you are God's? Now, just just get out of the weeds. Get out of the roughs and get out in the fairway a minute. Jesus said you are God's. Quit batting around in religion and worried about somebody hit it over the fence and you're out looking for it in the bushes. Get out in the fairway. You are God's. Forget arguing with your heritage and your genetics and all of the issues. Jesus said, you are God's. Don't you know the scripture says this of you? I don't have time to preach it, but I'll say this is amazing to me. Because this is exactly why the devil said Jesus couldn't be him. Because he would suffer. But it's amazing to me that the Bible said, them that live godly in Christ shall suffer persecution. So not only are we suffering, it is predicted that we would suffer. Great are the afflictions of the righteous. But God will deliver them through them all. If I had time, I'd preach another sermon right now. We've been afflicted, but brother, we're not defeated. Let the weak say they're strong. Let the poor say that they're rich. I don't care what your body feels like tonight. Say, I'm healed. It don't matter how low your spirit is. I'm victorious. According to Genesis chapter 1, you've been given dominion. You were created for dominion. I love a prophet. I, I love a prophet, don't you? If his word is absolute truth, this may choke you to death, but you, you know that men and women are sons and daughters are amateur gods. Amen. Let me put the bottom of the quote. Amen. The sons of God will be manifested when the power of God will walk out and will take every power 
that Satan's got away from him. Oh, brother, over in the millennium, no, sir. No, sir, right here tonight, sons of God will take every power Satan has away from him. You say, how are they going to do it? Just like Jesus did it. Brother Branham said he never used one gift. I'm so glad he didn't. You know why why he said he didn't use gifts? He said because there would be a lot of people in the end that wouldn't have that kind of gift. He said so he used the word to set the weakest Christian in power over the devil. Amen. If you could just say it is written. You have been given dominion over the devil tonight. Maybe you don't have a special gift like some of the great men of God do. But God gave you his word. And if you can take that word, you can take back everything the devil has taken from you. And say, Satan, I am in power tonight. Oh, when the church gets the revelation of the two spirits that work within the church. Y'all remember the quote. She can do the greater work. She will be an invincible army. Now, it's amazing. If she gets the revelation within the framework of the church by God's spirit, discern and withstand the Antichrist spirit, Satan will be powerless before her. Now, he knows if these people get the true revelation. If they get the transfer of the infinite into this finite mind. They would take a revelation out of that that they were sons of God to begin with. And whatever the devil has done to this son in time can't change what God did in eternity. Satan does not have the power to change eternity. And if you have eternal life, you always were eternal. And God has came to redeem the eternal attributes that he had in his mind before the world ever began. And the devil can have every temper tantrum he wants to have. But God has already made appropriations to bring every child home. Now, he says this, if she could find out what she stands for. Now, you, 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 you all know there's a lot of people against a lot of things. And I won't take a long time here, but I think it's important to say now and again. There's a lot of people against a lot of things. But I am just a little over sick with people against everything. I'm just a little past put out with people who are against every move of God. Every little happening, every little thing against, 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 against. Amen. You know where that's coming from? It's this political atmosphere we're living in. You, you can see a video on this day. They'll go around to one of the millennials and they'll say, uh, you know, maybe they'll take one of the former, former presidents or something. And they'll say to them, hey, man, what, what do you think? I'm against that guy. And I'm against what? I'm against, I'm against. And they'll say, well, what are you really for? Well, well, you know. My life is too precious to give it to be against something. But, but I want to give my life for something. I want to give my life to God for something. Now, you say, preacher, what do you stand for? I'll tell you this. I stand for the baptism of the Holy Ghost. 
I stand for the baptism of the Holy Ghost coming to every believer that believes could be sealed into the baptism of the Holy Ghost by the quickening power of Almighty God. I believe you can get it where you're sitting tonight. I believe you can get it at the altar. I believe you can get it with hands laid on you. I believe you can get it at home in your church. I think we got too many regulations. I think we've regulated God from out of the situation. What I think we ought to do is back up and let God be God and say, I'm for God. I'm for God moving. I'm for the Holy Ghost coming in the church. Can I tell you what I'm really for? I'm for a move of God. I'm for God starting at that side and moving plumb across this congregation. I'm for him starting at that wall and moving plumb to that back wall. We can't counsel every marriage. We can't counsel in school every young person. We can't can't watch you and every little thing you do. Amen. But we can turn loose the Holy Ghost in this place. And the discerner of hearts can come to your home. He can come to your life. He can change you. But we got to get out of his way. Oh, yes, sir. The preacher, we're going to cast you. That's all right. Amen. I got a bunch of haters already. No, I know you ain't. <laughs> Young men, I believe in altar calls. You know why I believe in that? That's where I got the Holy Ghost. And no matter what anybody says about altar calls, there's a place for them. And I thank God somebody had altar calls the night I need to get saved. You might need to not need that altar. I needed an altar. I needed a humbling. I believe in them. I believe in altar calls. I believe in people lifting their hands and accepting Christ. Why do we have to be so picky about how they get it? How about just being for them getting it? I'm for people getting help. If they go to the hospital or they come to a prayer line, thank God they got help. God help the people. Come on, you know what I'm talking about. But some people are so important and they're so self-styled. They got all the answers and they're so controlling. If it don't happen in our church, if it don't happen in our ministry, if it don't happen... Oh, that ain't God. That's God. That ain't God. That ain't. Hey, man, who left you in charge anyhow? I'm sorry. I feel like preaching. We've had enough popes. We've had enough bishops. We've had enough men trying to rule the church. Why not let God come and rule his own church? Why not let the Holy Ghost loosen the church? I tell you what I stand for. I stand for preachers standing behind a pulpit and preaching the gospel. I stand for it. I know that there's a whole group now don't believe in this no more. They believe in just playing tapes. But let me promise you something. The real Brother Branham said to preach the gospel. They can sign their letters any way they want to. But the real Brother Branham said to preach the gospel. Somebody said, well, don't you love Brother Branham? Yeah. He said, if you love me, do what I told you to do. And he called us and said, go stand and say what I say. And brother, if it comes hell or high water, if it comes addictions, troubles, problems, situations. You didn't like it, huh? I'm not talking about, I'm talking about the pits of hell. And it's come against the church in every which way that it can. But somebody's going to keep standing. Somebody's going to keep preaching anyhow. 
I stand for being a member of a church. Well, we might as well go ahead and preach, have we? I stand for it. I stand for being a member of a church. It's easy to stream somebody. Because there ain't no pastor looking down your nose and preaching against your sin and your trouble. And you don't have to rub shoulders with people. Hey, look, can, can, I, can I tell you one thing that I stand for above all things? I stand for second chances. I stand for second chances. I do. I stand for people getting a second chance. And let me, let me just take it past that. I believe if a second chance don't work, I believe in third chances. And if a third chance don't work, guess what? I believe in the fourth chance. Pass out, brother. I believe in five chances and six chances and seven chances and as many as it takes. Because we don't quit. We don't give up. We don't stop. We don't turn around. We do it till it's right. Because we're children of God. And we don't know what defeat means. And we don't know what turn around means. Y'all know I'm telling you the truth here tonight. Somebody said, well, we ought to just throw them away. I'm sorry, they're too valuable to throw away. As one soul is worth 10,000 worlds. And if we had to dig through the trash pile to pull them out and help them, well, God bless you for helping somebody. So you got to work with them. That's all right. God worked with you. I believe this. I think of this, I think of this often when Netanyahu, the Israelite, stood over there in Israel not too many years ago, and the whole world was attacking him. And you know what he said? He said, if I have to, I'll stand alone. One man in the entire world, he said, if I have to stand alone, I'll stand alone. I'll tell you what I think. Amen. I would rather have five people and a tambourine out on that street corner and enjoying the things of God than a house full of people all formalized and intellectualized and sitting down on the move of God. Come on, church. I would do it alone if I had to. But thank God, Brother Tim, we don't have to. Thank God that he gave us good pastors, good churches, good pews, good music, good singers, good preachers. We don't have to stand alone tonight. Look at what God has put in the house. Look at the brothers and the sisters that he's put around you. You don't have to stand alone. You can stand with the church of the living God. The next time somebody says, I'm against something, won't you ask them what they're for then? I'm against what Brother Tim's down. What what are you for then? Now, amen. Hope I ain't preaching too much like a pastor tonight. You know what this, I stand for this because I know that when this bride recognizes who she is, she can do the greater works. When she starts recognizing who she is and what she's here for, she can do the greater works. Do you know that the greater works is the spoken word? The greater meaning of the greater works is the spoken word. The prophet of God will tell us like this. He'll say to this, Verily I say unto you, little gods, if you'll say to this mountain and don't doubt in your heart, but believe that what you have said will come to pass, you can have what you have said. Now, friends, that's, that's, that's not skim milk. And Mark, now let me give you the scripture. Mark 11, chapter 23. For verily I say unto you, whosoever shall say to this mountain, Be thou removed and cast in the sea, 
shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe the things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. Matthew 17 and 20, Jesus said unto them, because of the unbelief, for verily I say unto you, if you have the faith, as a grain of a mustard seed, you shall say to this mountain, remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible to you. In Matthew 21 and 21, Jesus answered and said unto them, Verily I say unto you, if you have faith and not doubt, you shall not only do this as which done to a fig tree, but also if you shall say unto this mountain, be moved and cast in the sea, it shall be done. Oh, Brother Branham said that wasn't a mountain of sin. He was pointing at the Mount of Olives. Now, now when we say this tonight, I know that it seems extreme. But the prophet of God says an adoption message to the manifestation of the sons of God. When true sons, born sons, field sons speak the word, it is backed. I believe we're on the border of it right now. Yes, sir, say to this mountain and let it be. Now, Romans, the eighth chapter, the 19th verse, it said, The earnest expectation the creature waiteth for the manifestation of sons. The prophet says, This is the day of the manifestation of the sons of God. When the mysteries that's been hid since the foundation of the world have been made known, this is the hour. <laughs> that's a lot of words stacking up there. The prophet said in Israel, in the church, he said, There'll be a real, genuine, anointed Holy Ghost called out church. He said, they'll speak the word and it'll flash like lightning. You know that we're living in a season that the prophet of God said limbs would be added where they've been missing before. Limbs that are missing off of people. Somebody said, well, how did he do it? God created the first one. If he can create a squirrel, he can create an arm. If he can create a squirrel, he can create an eye. You know, several years back, Sister Carla sat right there. You remember that baby, that white camp baby? When it didn't have kidneys. Amen. And we took a prayer cloth, went all across America having prayer for that baby. And, and you guys prayed for that baby. And God grew kidneys in that child. It didn't have organs, but God gave it organs. Because a prayer of faith changes things. I believe missing limbs could be added. I believe whatever God did, he could do it again. Now, now folks, I, I believe this tonight. You said, preacher, amen. I'll tell you what, these are hard things to believe. But Brother Bram said, the same creative life that you see is in you. And if you're a prisoner, you can speak it and, it'll, and when it speaks, it won't be you that spoke. It will be God that spoke. Do you know the prophet said, that the Holy Ghost is tabernacling deity? Then your bodies is the temple of the dynamics. Deity is not in heaven. Deity is in you. Now I know that you have so diminished your own personal self. That you think that God in you is powerless. But wouldn't it be something tonight if we took a chunk of uranium and we put it in a plastic bag and we brought that plastic bag and handed it to you? Do you think uranium could hurt you in a plastic bag? Well, maybe you put it in a Piggly Wiggly bag. Maybe you put it in a brown bag. Maybe you put it in a plastic bag. Uranium is still uranium. 
And it still has just as much power whether it's in a paper bag or not in a paper bag. And God is so powerful that you can put him in a young person or an old person. An educated person or an uneducated person. You can put him in a preacher or a teacher. You can put him in a schoolhouse. You can put him in a mom. You can put him in a daughter. He still is God. Come on, church. The Holy Ghost is not the second person of the Godhead. It is God. And that God is in you. And when you speak deity speaks. Look how the prophet in the oneness of unity, he's preaching like this. And he feels that spirit. He said, Satan, you know the scripture on that. I love it. Prophet said, Satan, you know the scripture on that. I've just taught the people that God is in them. And if God is in them and they speak to that disease and say, be away from me and don't doubt it in their heart. Right then that disease has to move. For it's not them that speaks. It's the Father that dwelleth in them speaking. Oh my goodness if the Holy Ghost could do the talking tonight. If you could overcome yourself and the Holy Ghost do the talking. God has took his power and put it amongst human beings. You know he said this is the last thing that would happen in the church. My new ministry. The last thing that I know of. There's nothing else. It will be given to human beings to ask anything they desire. And whatever they ask, it shall be given to them. Speak to the mountain. Brother Bram said, I want it to happen now. That that anointing will strike the whole church of the living God. She'll raise to her feet like a mighty marching army. The sick will be healed. The word, the blind will see. The deaf will hear. The dead will be raised up. The power of God will shake the world with the church of the living God. We're in the process of it now. My goodness. I don't believe we are to ever live under our privileges. But I believe we will live to the time of the maturing of the wheat seed. I believe we're living in the harvest season. When the alpha has become the omega. When the first has become the last. I don't believe we're looking for that bride to rise up brother. I believe she's here. I believe the bride has resurrected and she's alive tonight. I don't believe the mind of God is off there 10 million miles away. I believe I'm looking at the very literal mind of God in flesh sitting here tonight. Brother, I'll tell you this. I find out this thing. I believe the prophet of God said when man begins to speak his word, he said, now watch the translation of that scripture. And it doesn't say quickly the mountain will be moved. He said, but actually it says by and by the mountain will be moved. He said, when you speak it and don't doubt it in your heart. He said, he said, it translates and believe that it is happening. You know how, how things feel different when you know something's happening. I was telling the church the other day, I just, I just broke my phone. And, uh, and, and, and uh, I called the place and they said, well, do you got insurance on it? So I called AT&T. And, and they called me right back. It's about 1 o'clock today. I sat in my house. And I said, I broke my phone. I need a new phone. And they said, well, you got insurance here. I said, where do you live? And I told them. They said, well, it's 3 o'clock or 5 o'clock. Okay. I said, what? They said, well, we'll have somebody with a broom phone out there. 3 o'clock or 5 o'clock. I said, today? Sure enough, here they come. Come brought that brand new phone. Brought me a little package with it. And said, now, as soon as you get that stuff transferred to that phone, put that old phone in there and ship it back. 
So I, I let the battery get dead and lost that dude. And I thought, man, I don't know where it's at. They called me about three times there, about a week. They called me once and then called me again. Third time they called me. The lady said, you send that phone back in? And I said, no, ma'am. I said, no, I need to get that done. She said, yeah. She said, there's a $255 deposit on that phone. I went to looking. <laughs> I, found, I found that baby in there next to my bed. And I got the package and put it together and gave it to Carissa. And Carissa got it in the mail. And that, that afternoon, the lady called me back. She said, she said, did you get that phone in the mail? I said, yes, ma'am. She said, well, we won't be bothering you again. Because it's in process. They hadn't got it. But me putting it in the mail settled it for them. And see when you know something is moving. And you settled in your heart. You live different because you know that not the whole mountain's gone. But you know the moment you spoke that word. A significant grain of sand was removed from that mountain. And that mountain started moving the moment you started speaking. I don't know if it'll take a year. I don't know if it'll take a month. I don't know if it'll take 10 years. But whatever mountain is in your way tonight, whether it be sickness, whether it be trouble, whatever it is, say mountain. Move in the name of Jesus Christ. And a significant grain of that sand begins to be moved out of that mountain. As a man, a child of God begins to speak that word, things begin to be moved. Can I, can, I, can I say to you tonight, church, that the Word of God is in control of your future? Listen, I know where you're sitting tonight. I know what the devil's doing. I know what the devil has done to design you. He said to you, I mean, you're not going to make it. No, you're not going to make it. See, you're going to get to a certain point, And then that same old thing's going to come up. But this time, you ain't going to be able to get past it. And then it's going to get you. Is that what he tells you? Let me tell you you a secret. He don't control the future. The devil don't know the future. He is not a prophet. He's a liar. So he's trying to put a false prophecy over your life. So he could use your faith to bring discouragement into your life. But he's a liar. He does not control the future. He does not know what's going to happen tomorrow. The devil don't know what's going to happen in five minutes from now. But my Bible, my Bible tells me tonight that God's got a future for you in the power of God. And you begin to prophesy the word and things begin to change. He's a liar. Prove it. Prove it right here. You won't live over four months. Three years ago. The devil don't know what he's talking about. He don't know. He said, well, you're going to fail. You ain't never going to make it. This is going to happen. This is going to happen. And look, he told me 10 years ago, you'll never make it. If you leave here and you go do that, you're never going to make it. And 10 years later. And 10 years later, amen, I'm looking at him. And I'm saying, my son-in-laws are preachers. God give me miracles for babies. Amen. God's given me a wonderful church with wonderful people. He's given me a faithful. He's given me a life only a man could dream of. But brother, it took some overcoming. It took some hours in my life to say, Satan, 
You're lying to me. You're lying to me. That ain't going to work like that. That ain't going to be like that. And until you learn to say to Satan, you don't control me. You don't know my future. You don't know what's going to be. Amen. The devil run you around. Can I say something? I think it's time to take your faith and to challenge that devil. I know, I know, I know what the devil's telling you. He's telling you if you lay back, he'll take it easy on you. He's a liar. Listen, if Palestine and Israel, if you learned anything, Palestine promises if Israel give up part of their property that they'll have peace. It's a lie. Palestine wants property because they want to get closer to destroying Israel. And Satan is not going to give you peace. If you give up the prayer lines, amen, he's going to give you more sickness than ever. If you give up the movement of the Holy Ghost, he's going to be more punishing than ever. He ain't going to back off of you. He's going to press you and press you and press you. But listen, this is one preacher that will not be pressured and pushed into a corner. Whatever the Bible says is exactly what we have a right to in this age it's time to challenge that devil it's time to challenge that spirit that's operating in your life that little thing that keeps that keeps you under that it's time for you to challenge it it's time for you to look back at the devil and say I'm not no I, that's not who I am that's not what I'm going to become that's not where I'm going Oh, I know what he does. Yeah. Get you a little offended. And then you're going to run off somewhere by yourself. And then you're going to sit and spend all that time by yourself talking to yourself. And the devil's going to make everything that's ever been said to you a major hurt. And this person hurt me. And that person hurt me. And this person hurt me. And really the only people that's ever hurt you is the devil. But if you challenge that devil tonight and say, Satan, you've drugged me down dark paths. You've brought me into depression. You've ruined my family. You've hurt me. You've done this. You've done. I tell you what, I'm not going to give you another moment of my life. I'm not going to give you another moment of my life. When is enough enough? Challenge that devil tonight. You said, what can I do? Believe God for a change. What can faith do to you tonight? Faith can save a life. Faith can give you the Holy Ghost. Faith can heal your body. Faith can give you a miracle. Faith can give you overcoming power. It's the, it's, it's the thing that overcomes the world, faith. And faith can give you a word to speak victory over that. Faith can give you something to believe for your family. I'm sitting here preaching to people tonight. It's got people sitting here that come in by prayer. Isn't it time to challenge that enemy? Our musicians would come tonight. Isn't it time? Isn't it time to turn and challenge? Challenge it. Wouldn't it be something if we really realized who our enemy was tonight? Whoa. But your enemy's not your friends. It's not your enemy. You're your own enemy. You could challenge that tonight.
You can change that tonight. <laughs> you know you don't have to leave this building like you came. You don't have to. Isn't that amazing? I don't know you, but you've been pulling all night. You don't have to leave like you came. You don't have to. No. No, there's a God that's here that knows a person's heart. Preacher don't know, maybe. But God knows. Wouldn't it be something if you determined? But Tim, wouldn't it be something right now if you determined that your future ain't going to be that way? Wouldn't that be something? Right now, my future ain't going to be that. Uh-uh. No, devil, I tell you what my future is going to be like. It's going to be filled with the joy of the Lord. It's going to be filled with the power of God. It's going to be filled with wonderful friends. Yeah, that's the future I have. That's the future you can have. You can determine tonight, I'm going to have that future. God's going to give me that wonderful wife, that believing wife, because I've asked for it. Sure. And he's here. It's not your brother Wayne Lawson challenging you. That's the Holy Ghost challenging you. He's challenging you to change that situation tonight. He's anointed you for it. He's designed you for it. You got somebody in your mind that is your dad or your uncle or your brother. And, and, and they turned out a certain way. And the devil's told you for years. That's the way you're going to be. You're going to turn out. It's a lie. It's a lie. It's a lie. Brother Wayne, you're going to get so far and then this is going to happen and this is going to happen. I don't accept that false prophecy. And people sometimes, they, and I'm probably a little open right now. My spirit's wide open. People sometimes wonder maybe what me and Brother Tim's connection is. But Joe, when there was a group piled on me trying to kill me, that man stood by me. People were saying, you're going to be this and you're going to be that. And Brother Tim was saying, brother, it's a lie. God's going to use you like never before. And you know what? I believed him. It's important who your friends are. It's important who your friends are. Don't surround yourself with people that's always putting you down and beating you down. You ain't never going in. You ain't never going in. You ain't never going to. Get somebody with you that wants to see you succeed. Get somebody around you that wants to lift you up a little bit and show you. God built you for more than that. Friends, it's real. It's a real thing tonight. You're sitting at a position in your life tonight that nothing has to remain the same. Every mountain can move tonight. I believe for it. I believe it's true. Amen. I believe. 
I believe Brother Brandon was standing there. The Spirit of the Lord said, stand up. If you say the word, the cancer will be gone before the doctor ever touches her body. See, he'd already lost that one wife. Everything was telling him. It's going to be like it was last time. Stand to your feet. Speak it in the name of the Lord. Hunkered down. Running from the storm. Turn around. Go back into the face of the storm. Speak to it and it will go away. Every human, every human knowledge he had said that was the wrong thing to do. But the God that he knew was telling him, speak to it and it will move out of your way. Because it can change. One word can change everything. And change it in your heart tonight. Amen. I believe for it, don't you? Let's bow our hearts. Almighty God, we stand here tonight, Lord. I have spoke from my heart. Lord, I know there's critics and condemnations. I know it's all over the world. But Lord, you told me to walk unconscious of it. And Lord, I'm looking at your word and I'm looking at your people. And I know what it would take to change. Father, it would take faith. (laughs) And tonight, I ask you, God. That you would come into this building, Lord, as you have been doing. And Father, may you, may you pinpoint that spot. That they would be able to challenge that tonight, Lord. To walk away from this place different than they came. And Lord Jesus, I know tomorrow night we'll have a, a prayer line. There'll be a, a time of laying on the hands of the sick. And Lord, there'll be workings of miracles. Father, we, we know it's coming. But even right now, Lord... Even now, sitting in this building, Lord. Father, we challenge the enemy tonight. That is encroaching upon your children. And Father, I'm asking tonight that you would activate the faith that's within the heart of these believers. To speak out against it. To say to the enemy, I'll not settle with it. I'll not take your false prophecies over my life. I'll not go that way. But I'm going to believe God. God's word said above all things that you would prosper in health. And Lord, I'm going to believe for the health of my body. I'm going to believe for the health of my mind. Lord, it is said that you've not given me the spirit of fear, but a power of love and of a sound mind. So a sound mind belongs to me tonight. You're not going to go to the mental ward. You're going to get a healing in your mind from the almighty God. Let the spirit of grace move through this building tonight. I adjure every spirit of nurse. Ever neurotic and ever depression in this building. Satan, you've lied and you've deceived long enough. You have no rights in this building tonight. We challenge you in the name of Jesus. You're rebuked of the Lord, Satan. We stand here tonight. You know the scripture on it, Satan. The sons of God have complete control and authority over you. We commit this meeting in the name of Jesus Christ. For the power of God and for the glory of God. In Jesus' name. Lord Timothy.
mountain too high, no valley too low. There's no fear that I have. He doesn't already know. There's no problem too big. There's no weapon too strong. There is nothing for God that's impossible. There's no mountain too high. There's no valley too low. There's no fear that I have. He doesn't already know. There's no problem too big. No Freedom is here. Oh, freedom. 
come before me as a plague. Hallelujah, not by might, not by power, but by the Spirit of Almighty God. Hallelujah, speak to that mountain. Hallelujah. That's it. Speak it for your brother. Speak it for your sister. Speak it for your wife. Speak it for your husband. Speak the name of Jesus.
praise him tonight. Because he's the amen. He's the final say. He's the author and the finisher. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I tell you what, I enjoy services that puts the devil in his place. Amen. Puts him right where he belongs. You lying devil. Man, that's what you need to tell him right now. You lying devil. I'm tired of listening to your lies. I'm not going to listen to what you got to say anymore. I've heard from the, my theophany. I've heard from the word of God. Hallelujah. He said, I'm an overcomer. He said, I'm a son. He said, I'm delivered. He said, I'm healed. He said, my family's restored. He said it, therefore he'll perform it. He's God. Don't you just want to just offer up a good old-fashioned praise? Hallelujah. Why don't you right now just let him know how much you appreciate him? He didn't leave you where he found you, but he picked you up. And he puts your feet upon a rock. Why don't you just lift your hands to him? Lift your voices to him right now and just thank him. Thank him. I'm still here, God. Not because of what I've done, but because of what you've done. I'm here not because of my own merits. I'm here because you chose me before the foundation of the world. I got a lot in my heart to be thankful for. Come on now, just look past the past 10 years. Do you have a lot to be thankful for? You heard Brother Wayne go down his last 10 years. Why don't you look back 10 years? Why, I've been through a lot of trials. I've been through a lot of sorrows. I've been through a lot of ups and downs. Went through a lot of valleys, up a lot of mountains. Praise God, I'm still here. I'm still an overcomer. I still belong to him. Come on, Brother Tommy, raise that flag up. I'm still here. Is there anybody here who wants to tell the devil, I'm still here? But one of these days, you're going to call me gold. You're going to look for me and I won't be found. Because my body's going to change in a moment in a twinkling of an eye. And let me ask you something, devil. What are you going to be when I'm shouting on the hills of glory? Woo, we ain't got to wait there to shout. We've already been seen there. Come on. We've already been seen. Victorious. Overcomers. I have a seat prepared. Got my name on it. Got my name on it. It ain't a devil in hell can wipe it away. Because it's broke in the blood of the Lamb of Jesus Christ. Call me crazy. I don't care what you call me. I told you one of these days you're going to call me gone. <laughs> my God, my God. I ain't supposed to be preaching. 
but he's still here. Why are you so excited? What excites you so much? Because I see in the darkest of times, in the most evil day there's ever been, Sodom and Gomorrah all around us. They're still the righteous, blood-bought saints of the living God. Got their hands up in praise. <laughs> oh yeah, they've been through trials. They've been through difficulties. They still got their hands up praising God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Don't you just love him? Don't you just love him? Because he first loved you. He loved you when you was unlovable. Lord, we thank you, Father. We praise you, Lord, for all the things you've done. Jesus, there's not enough words to be able to say as how much I want to thank you and praise you, lift you up. Because, Lord, I know the last years have been through, and I'm still here. And it's not because I did something, but it's because you did everything. And you raised me up, and you pushed me through, and you made me come on the other side as an overcomer. Lord, we, we're going to overcome. We're going to go through a, in a rapture and a body change. We're going to see our dead in Christ rise. It's not fairy tales or sandcastles, as thus saith the Lord. And we're standing here upon that word that will never fail. And Lord, we're not going to leave a hoof behind, but we're going to walk out of here with a high hand. I don't believe that this bride is going to go in dragging, barely making it. She's going to go in that body change victorious over every devil in hell. And we're going to go in with our daughters. We're going to go in with our sons. We're going to go in with our loved ones. We're going to go in with everything that you gave us. Hallelujah. If they could do that in the first exodus, we can do it in this exodus. We're not leaving a hoof behind. We're not making peace with that old devil. We're not making peace with that devil and say, you can have this one or that one. Just leave me. No, no. I want everything that God has for me. I want all my joy. I want all the happiness. I want all the peace. I want all the healing, deliverance. I want it all. And I'm going to have it because you said I could. We thank you for these things, Lord, and we praise you. We worship you with all of our hearts. Hallelujah. 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 Well, praise the Lord. Enjoyed yourself tonight. I said, have you enjoyed yourself? Hallelujah. <laughs> I tell you, you just can't help but enjoy yourself when you're at the right table. Amen. There's some tables you go to and you may not enjoy yourself so much because it ain't what you want to eat. But when you come to God's table, Brother Kelly said something up in those meetings that struck me. He said, you know, God fed five, Jesus fed 5,000. And not one place does it say one person didn't like it or one person was dissatisfied or one person didn't like it this way or that. No, they all ate. 
because he knew exactly how each of them, each of them wanted it. <laughs> That's how detailed this God is. He can bring a man all the way from Ohio, fly him in here at 1030, preached last night, preached his guts out, got up at 5 o'clock this morning, got on the airplane, just drop in here and just lay it all out exactly like everyone wanted it. Yep, that was for me. Yep, that was for me. Yep, he heard my conversation. Somebody was listening. <laughs> that's God. That's not a man. That's God. What a mighty God we serve. Praise the name of the Lord. Again, tonight we have refreshments in the back. Just, if you wasn't here last night, follow those that were here last night and follow where they're going. They're going to the food. It's going to be right down this hallway all the way to the back. Fellowship Hall will be open to 11, the gym and the, all the things will be open to 11 o'clock. Might beg someone to stay a little later. I'm not sure it's Friday night, but you deal with the deacons on that. Amen. Amen. Sometimes you just don't want to leave. Don't want to leave the presence of God. So if you feel to be dismissed, let's sing this song. It was a great, I got to sing it again. It was a great thing that he did for me. Has he done something for you? Well, the Lord has brought me through all of my trials. When I failed Him, He didn't cast me away. Oh, but He stood right by me.